Today's reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verses 5 through 13. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord. And my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel is this Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and rise. Princes, they shall prostrate themselves, because the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor I have answered you, In a day of salvation, I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, come out. Those who are in darkness appear. They shall feed along the ways. On all bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them. For he who has pity on them will lead them, and by the springs of water will guide them. And I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Behold, these shall come from afar, and behold, these from the north and from the west. And these from the land of Syene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Thank you, Jerry. Well, good morning. I mentioned that I had the opportunity to go to Loman during a time of the solar eclipse, and it was absolutely amazing. It was a full eclipse in Loman, and we experienced, I just think, one of the, the most wonderful things of just the glory of God. But one of the things that really stood out to me while we were there, and as we were experiencing the eclipse was as, as it was starting to get darker uh, and darker, and then all of a sudden it was the moment where it was completely dark. We got the full deal. And we just watched, and we had our glasses on, and we all looked goofy, and we were just having a great time. The thing that really amazed me was as soon as there was a sliver of the sun, the smallest sliver all of a sudden, boom, everything around me was lit up. I could see all the beauty of the valley and the trees and the birds flying by. Boom! With just a sliver. Light 
broke through the darkness with incredible piercing magnificence. And our Jesus is light of the world. And that's exactly what he does. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to be going through Isaiah 49, and our loving Lord is revealing to Israel and to us that he's made a way of salvation. It will be through his son, Jesus. He is the servant of light. And just a small taste of him, a small dose of his light is going to pierce through. But he's going to bring more than just a small sliver. And the babe born in the manger, fully God coming in the flesh, our real hope. He is our life. And I pray this morning that he will pierce your heart with his love, with his truth, with his presence, and that we'll truly understand this Christmas time, this season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are so thankful that that you brought forth light into our lives, truth and salvation. We thank you that you desire a relationship with us. We thank you that you, Father, gave us your son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sin, that you rose again, and that as light pierced our hearts and as we surrendered our hearts to you, we, we received new life. We were redeemed. We were bought with a price. We thank you that you desire to draw close to us, and may we draw close to you this morning. May we see your light, we pray. Amen. Well, chapter 49 is the second servant song in Isaiah. There's four of them. The servant songs reveal the Savior to come. The servant songs talk about the Messiah, Jesus. The servant songs are preparing us through Isaiah for the Savior to come. He's truly servant by nature, isn't he? Don't we see that of our Lord? We see it in the New Testament. I came not to be served, but to do what? To serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Boom! Piercing light. That's what Isaiah is presenting to us. We can have hope because there's one to come. The servant of light. To be a ransom. He'll pay the price for our sin. He'll de- deliver us out of the bondage of sin. He will give us new life. He will give us hope. It's a beautiful truth. Giving us life now and for eternity. And that's what this passage brings this morning. And I hope for those of you who've never experienced the light and the life of Jesus, that you'll just pray this morning. God, if you're out there, if you're for real, show your light to me. Reveal yourself. Because from the beginning of time, that's what he's wanted to do. He's wanted to draw you close in a relationship with him. As we, as we enter into this chapter this morning, you need to understand that this passage has many different and actually very valid perspectives. 
It's not an easy passage to understand, but here's one of the things I know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will minister to us, and he will speak truth to us and exactly what we need to understand and, and pull from this passage. But I do want you to understand it's a difficult one in the scriptures to, to grasp everything on who's speaking to who and what's going on. I'll share with you what the Lord has led me to come to believe about this passage, and then when you go home this week, dig deeper. You're followers of Jesus Christ. You have the same Holy Spirit that I do. So go be Bereans. Search the scriptures. You know, it's funny when we were, uh, when we were doing our growth group, uh, <laughs> and we were walking through this, uh, I felt like I was in an Abbott and Costello skit. I felt like, who's on first? And, and who's saying what? And what's on second? And, and most of the time, we ended up on third base, which is, I don't know. <laughs> and it was going round and round. And then my good friend, Jeff, he said, you know what? We spent a lot of time in the growth group leaders meeting, and, and we were going back and forth about who's saying what. And, and uh, I felt like we needed to get to a place of, yeah, but what's the Lord saying to us in all of this? What's he really drawing us to? And that's why I pray that we will arrive at this morning, that we'll see his light, that we'll understand the hope that we have, and that he'll give us that. There is such incredible hope in this passage. There's hope because Jesus can and he will deliver us out of the darkness and out of sin if we surrender our hearts unto him. He will do that. Hope because he brings light truth and righteousness from the word as we as we enter into this passage it it feels to me like we are entering into a an intimate conversation between the father and between the son the lord and the servant the son is is wrestling the servant is wrestling and he's he's talking with the father He's learning about his purpose from the Father, and the Father is comforting him. The Father is reminding him of of his value and who he's meant to be. Why he is going to be the one who's going to bring light. All that he's going to be about. It's this wonderful conversation, and that's how I see this passage. A conversation between the Father and the Son. The servant of light and the loving Father, the servant of light, our hope of the world. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb and has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hands, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. So if you have your Bibles, and as you look at verse 1, the voice is servant Jesus. The voice is servant Jesus. Jesus is calling out with authority, listen to me, you islands, to the end of the earth. Isn't that true about Jesus' authority? Don't we see the Father when the father breaks through and speaks about his son. He says, listen to my son. 
And everywhere Jesus went when he was in the synagogues, what happened? And they were amazed by the authority of which he taught. And so the servant, Jesus, listen to me, you islands. Listen to those far-reaching. And what's happening here? What's beautiful here? He's calling out no longer just to Israel, but what? To the whole world. Every football game you see it. For God so loved Israel, he loved the whole world. John 3.16. The whole world. Listen to me, all of you who are out there. I'm calling you in. I'm going to pierce you with light. There will be life, everlasting salvation. There's forgiveness for everyone who would surrender their heart unto Jesus. How would salvation, how would light come about? How would he break through the darkness? Look at verse 2. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow. Everyone wanted a mighty king, right? Everyone wanted a king who was going to go to battle for them. Even when they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What were they wanting? They were wanting deliverance from Rome. Come and give us victory. But he doesn't come in. He doesn't fight this battle of brokenness and sin and darkness. He doesn't fight it like Cyrus is going to. He's going to come in and wipe out Babylon. He fights it by piercing them with his word. Words of truth. Words of life. Words of love. You know, I'm a big uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda fan. Watch it every morning, 10 a.m. No, I don't know. No, but I, I, saw, um, I saw this wonderful clip last night by Kathy Lee. I was really proud of her, actually. Because I know in the media, you always struggle to talk about your faith because you get just blasted. But Kathy Lee was talking about Matt Lauer. And she goes, you know what? She goes, I love Matt Lauer. I told him that this morning. And I think what needs to happen in this time is that there needs to be a lot of grace, a lot of mercy. You know, if Matt messed up, there's going to be consequence for that. But what we need is grace and mercy. And you know what she went on to say? She goes, you know what? There's only one way we can be healed. She says, by God. That was light in a dark, dark world who just wants to slam him and put him in the grave. We are all sinners. She even said this. We, we are all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. She said this on her morning show. I'm just like, thank you, Kathy Lee. Way to go. Way to be a light in the middle of darkness. As God pierces us with his light, then we too are to be a light. And her words were life-giving. And her words were full of truth. And I'm sure she's going to get blasted for it. Yeah. The sword, piercing and close, isn't it? And the arrow, boom, shot out, reaching out far. We see in Revelation the same imagery of our Savior is going to come in and do battle and crush darkness. The sword of His mouth. In Revelation 1 and Revelation 2 and Revelation 19. 
And he came piercing with the sword of his mouth. The servant, Jesus. That's how he'll do battle. Now we enter into the the most difficult verse in this whole chapter, I think. Trying to figure out who's who in verse 3. Look there, if you will, with me. He said to me, you know, you get kind of frustrated with Isaiah. It's like, Isaiah, lots of pronouns here. Come on, man. Just, Just lay it out for us. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. He said to me, the servant, Jesus, you are my servant, but you're my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. Well, let, let me just have you think about um, a question. here. What was Israel's purpose? What was their purpose? I believe Israel was meant to receive blessing from God and then to be a blessing to the world. I believe they were to experience the love of God and to show the love of the one true God. I believe they were meant to share the story. God delivered us out of bondage. God has been faithful to us. God led us through the desert. God has given us victory. He's given us life. He fed us and while we were hungry. And He gave us drink in the desert when we were thirsty. This is our God. He is our salvation. He is our deliverer. That's what they were supposed to share about who God was. And the symbol of that powerful and loving God was to be the temple in Jerusalem. The place where God dwells. Everybody was supposed to be drawn to this amazing God. The one true God. I am. Yahweh. Jehovah. They were to glorify Him, to make Him known. They were to shine light upon God so that people could know about who He was. How were they doing? How were they doing at their responsibility? What was that like for Israel? Were they fulfilling their purpose? No. They were doing terribly. They abandoned God. They ran away from Him. They rebelled against Him. There was no light shown upon Him. There was nothing that would be uh, living a life out that would attract people to the beauty and the love of God. How were they doing? Awful. And so God in His grace, God in His grace, is going to step in through His Son Jesus, the servant. I believe... Israel, in this passage, is the servant, Jesus. My servant, Jesus, is the substitution for failed Israel. My servant, Jesus, will glorify the Father even when Israel is not. I'm not coming down and slamming on Israel. I'm fulfilling my promises. I will be glorified. Servant Jesus embodies, becomes Israel. He completes the work. He is the fulfillment. What's the truth? The truth is we can't, in our own power, in our own being, we can't be in relationship and glorify the Holy One of Israel. 
We can never be all that Israel was intended to be without the servant Jesus taking on and becoming broken Israel. Didn't he become the payment? He became broken Israel so that God would be glorified. His splendor would show. I will raise my servant. He is going to be the light of the world. It will be shown about me in my love and who I am. Servant Israel. My beauty will shine forth. Just like that day on the solar eclipse. As soon as that glimmer of light came through, boom, the beauty of all creation around me. My servant will take it on in grace, but there must be my glory revealed. Isn't that what all of chapter 48 was? My name will be known. I must be glorified. That is who I am. People need to know life and beauty and love. I will be glorified because I'm the one and true God. And I know you can't do it in your brokenness and your sin. So I will fulfill it. That's grace. That's God's beauty. That's his gift. Now the servant in verse 4. His voice, the servant. But I said, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet, yet what is due me is in the Lord's hands. And my reward is with my God. So here now is the servant Jesus speaking again. And I think we get a wonderful picture of the servant's desire to glorify the Father. I think we get a beautiful picture of the passion of Jesus, the servant, to redeem mankind for the hearts of men. He doesn't want you to live in your darkness and in your sin and in your brokenness. He wants us to surrender and receive salvation and life, a living hope. I think we get a picture of Jesus, fully God, fully man, in the flesh. I think we get a picture of tender shepherd Jesus. Jesus is discouraged. The servant is saddened. He grieves deeply. He's hurting in all that has to go on. He feels like a failure, honestly. I've labored in vain. Everything I've brought to the table, what's it doing? Isn't that the beautiful image we get of of Jesus in the flesh? Isn't this what Christmas is all about? Fully God, fully man. Don't you remember in the garden? He's crying out. Lord, can you take this cup from me? I'm experiencing all of my humanity right here. Can, Can you take this cup from me? Not my will, but your will be done. Do you remember Jesus as he looked over Jerusalem? And what happened? He started to weep. Why did he weep? Oh, if only you had seen. If only you had understood. If only you had known who I was and what God has done for you. If only you understood. I wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus is grieving and he's all of the all of the truth and all of the, uh, the the knowledge and the love of God in me 
And I wanted you to know it and see it, and you missed the whole thing. I've labored in vain. And the tender father says, no, it's not in vain at all. My purpose is going to be fulfilled in you. And that's why he's able to say, my reward is with my God. I know God's good purposes will be fulfilled in me. But it feels like it's just not happening right now. Like light keeps coming in and it's just getting beamed back. There's a reflector back. We don't want the light. And the scripture teaches us that, right? Light came into the world and men rejected the light. But you know what the other side of that is? The other side is many have received the light as it's poured upon them. Many have seen the beauty of the love of God. And many times when we are reflecting the light unto people, we feel like I'm laboring in vain. But keep pouring out the light, the love of Jesus. Because there's many who will receive it. Jesus is feeling like it's just not going well, but my reward is with my God, and the same is for us. Verse 5 goes on, and this is the voice of the Father about the purpose for His servant. There will be a Savior. And now the Lord says, the Father, He who formed me in the womb to be His servant. Isn't this the Christmas story right here? It is. Remember in the Gospels, and the angel went and said to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Let me tell you about what's going on. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, what kind of greeting is this? What might it be? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, Isaiah says. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High God. And the Lord will give him the throne of the father David. And don't miss this. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever. His kingdom will never end. Let's sing the hallelujah chorus right here. Boom. The light has broken through. That's our Jesus. That's our servant. Verse 5 continues on. Voice of the Father speaking to the Son, Jesus, the servant. And it's just a good reminder. It's, it's Jesus who does all the work. There's no works righteousness. There's no, I'm going to make myself good enough to get to God. See, he needed to become Israel. Because Israel couldn't do it on their own. Same with us, right? You will bring Jacob back to him, and you will gather Israel unto himself. Israel, the servant, will become Israel fulfilled so that he can gather back Israel for their intended purposes and draw them back into relationship with the living God. Because that's God's heart from the beginning of time. I want to be in a love relationship with you. I will forgive your sin as you surrender your heart to me. I will give you new life. 
And when you rebel and when you run away from me in your brokenness, I'm going to keep wooing you back. And I'm doing that through my servant, Jesus. And I'll draw you back into myself. Will you come back? He comes. And I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. My servant Israel embodies Israel and will redeem and will draw back. Look at the hope we have in this passage. Do you understand this is God's plan from the beginning? Like we talked last week, grace is not plan B. Grace is for now. Grace is for redemption now. It's always been God's heart for us. Grace upon grace. That's what the Lord is doing. And so he brings forth his truth and his life. And then this wonderful passage and God's plan for us. His love is so great for us. He says it's too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those from Israel. That's, that's part of your purpose, but there's so much more. I will also, this is the key verse of the whole passage for me. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. I will be glorified by my servant of light And it's too much. I have too much love for just Israel. It's for the whole world. John 3.16 is held up again at the football game. It's the whole world that he came to save. He has too much light and love to just restrain it to Israel. Although he loves Israel deeply. It's for you and me. The Gentiles. It's for everybody out there who wants to know and receive the love of God. It's for all of you. The gift is for everyone. The servant of light has poured it out. Some hate the light, but others have received new life because of it. God's established His plan of salvation, forgiveness of sins, relationship through His Son. And He says, this is what the Lord says, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel to him who was despised and abhorred by the nations, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see and stand up. Remember what was said to Mary? He's going to reign forever. Princes will bow down. It goes on and on about who our Savior is. He is the Redeemer. And on that day of salvation, the Father will be his help. I I thought that was a beautiful verse in verse 8. On that day of salvation, I will be your help. I think that day of salvation is is that day of the cross. It's on that day that you pay the price for the hearts of men. And I will, to my servant Jesus, I will be your help. I will allow you and empower you and help you go through that. And he did. He is our salvation, and He sets up a covenant. You, servant Jesus, are the promise of my amazing love and my forgiveness and my desire for relationship. In this relationship, when you surrender your heart, the covenant is this, you, Jesus. And all I see now, when you come into eternity, 
for children who have surrendered their hearts unto the Lord, all I see is you, the promised covenant. We are in covenant relationship. And you need to know that. You have covenant relationship with your living God. He will not break his promise to you. He will and does forgive your sin. He has given you new life. He has sent his Holy Spirit upon you. He's in covenant relationship with you. And the servant Jesus is the reflection of that, is the validity of that, is the stamp of that covenant. He comes to set the captives free, and they will be fed. There will be no hunger or no thirst. There will be springs of water. He will deliver that forth. Does this, does this sound familiar, this wording to you? Isn't it Jesus? All Jesus? There won't be hunger or thirst? Springs of water? Is that in the New Testament? On the bread of life? And then he sits with the woman at the well. And he's like, if you'd only taken drink from me, you would never thirst anymore. Give me this living water. Boom, light has shone through. People are thirsty and hungry and need new life and need forgiveness. And what he's saying is, it's going to come through my servant Jesus. It's happening all over the world. People are coming to Christ all over the world. You see, the light has broken through. There's, there's more people in Muslim regions that are coming to Christ today than in all of 25 years ago. They're, they're just coming to Christ in the thousands and thousands, surrendering their hearts unto Jesus. Places in India that you couldn't touch. 14 million of, of these untouchables in the certain caste group come into Jesus. Daniel Meyer speaks all over again and again in his Witness Essentials. He's saying, there are so many today that are just bursting forth with the love of Jesus. The light has come in. You can't, you can't hold back that glimmer of light. But then God has done so much more than just the glimmer. You can't hold it back. And what happens? What's the response to those whose dark hearts have been pierced by the love of the servant Jesus? What's the response? Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts His people. You see, when you and I have received the light and the life of Jesus into our hearts, our only response should be, Hallelujah! I have been saved. I have been redeemed. I have been forgiven. I am a new creation in Christ. So shout it forth. Stop being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Let's be like Kathy Lee, honestly, who takes a risk, a huge risk, to give the answers. Shout for joy. The angels showed up. They were praising God, saying, praise God in the highest. Well, like my friend Jeff said, what does this all mean to us? Well, who are we? Who are we as children of God, as followers of Jesus? Are we not servants? Are we not now Israel in a sense? Meant to show the glory of God? 
Are we not light? And here's the answer to that, by the way. You are. You are. Matthew 5.14 You are, you and I, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under the bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and that gives light to everyone in the house. It's like our friend Eric from South Korea. We would just talk about Jesus. We would just share about who Jesus was in our life. And he couldn't take it anymore. The light kept coming. And so he surrenders his heart to Jesus. You see, people are hungry for life. And we're putting it under a bowl. Shout it out. Does not the servant of light live in us? I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but who lives in me? Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live in the body. Now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's the heartbeat of the Lord? That his light would shine forth. So here's a question to all of us. How's your shine? How's your shine? Again, it's not us. It's allowing the life of Christ to pour out through us. Am I letting my light shine or am I hiding? The beautiful thing is God in our brokenness works through us. God in our brokenness lets his light shine out of darkness. God in our broken pots, our broken clay pots, shines forth so that his all-surpassing power would be known. How can we shout it forth? Can I just encourage you this Christmas season? Is Would you just invite one of your neighbors over just to hang out with you? Allow light to shine? Why don't you ask some of your friends, hey, what do you think about the birth of Jesus? We celebrate Christmas. What's that all about? What's it to you? I ask our, our, our international, what's Christmas like for you, typically? What's it all about? People are, are, are fine with talking about what it is. We're in the middle of it. How about you invite them to church to hear the gospel story? Ask our Lord to give you his heart for your neighbor so that he may be glorified, so that you may understand his love for each and every individual, for God so loved the world. All that he's done for us, the servant of light, shout for joy, the good news of salvation, forgiveness, and freedom, and let us live as servants of light because he's our beautiful hope. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word this morning. And and would you minister to each of us exactly what you need to minister? Lord, I thank you that your light shone forth into my life and has changed me forever. And Father, help me to proclaim it. Help me, Father, to shout it out loud when, when sometimes I'm just nervous to do that. When sometimes I'm ashamed, forgive me, Father, for being ashamed. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus. In your beautiful and precious name, amen.